Welcome to The Matt Haycock Show, a podcast about business, money and life. Matt has been making money and making mistakes for over 20 years. And in this podcast, he shares his thoughts and stories so you can improve your business, finances and life whilst hopefully avoiding the mistakes he and others have made along the way. Listen in and level up. I'm sure, uh, <laughs> sure quite a lot of my female demographic <laughs> would. I'm, but. I'm thinking that's why you went from 180,000 to the 495 you got today. Hey guys, it's Matt Haycox here, and today I've got with me a face you may recognise from the TV, Mr. Sharif Lanry, hey uh, 2019 Love Island superstar. Wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> quite say that, but <laughs> well, now he's a 2019 Matt Haycock Show podcast superstar, and uh, we're, we're, actually, we're actually just to set this into context. We're in my hotel room at the um, at the Birmingham NEC, where where we've been on a two day mastermind seminar, business conference, etc. And Sharif and I didn't know each other before this, um, but we, but we've had a good couple of days chatting about about business and his story and his background. And what on what really uh, I guess warmed me to Sharif is he, he's such a, a nice, down to earth guy, re, re, really normal guy. But I, I spend a lot of time uh, you know, meet, meeting people from from Sharif's walk of life, whether that's reality stars, celebrities, etc. And what really hit me straight away is pro- is one of few, if not the only, celebrity who, who who really gets the fact that just because you have an audience, just because you have a following, that doesn't mean that you're going to immediately make money or necessarily are, are, are even going to be able to make money from your Instagram following, from, 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 your, from your public profile. And one of my big, you know, big bugbears and pet hates with, uh, you know, with celebrities and, 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 and newly formed reality stars in particular is that they, they don't believe that the rules of business apply to them, you know, that the rules of life exist with them. And it's very much, oh, I'm a, cele- I'm a, I'm a celebrity uh, and every, everything else will easy, easily follow. So I thought it'd be really good to get, get 15 or 20 minutes on camera with Sharif and we can, we can you know, talk about that, you know, d- debate it a bit, you know, see what some of Sharif's plans are. Uh, and also, but I can say, I think it's really important for you guys to hear it from a guy himself because, you know, what I was talking, uh, if anyone saw my live stream the other day with, uh, with one of our, our Instagram uh, superstars, not in, uh, insofar as he's a, an absolute expert in how to create and build your Instagram profiles. And one of the things we were saying is, you know, everyone thinks influencers have hit the holy grail. But, you know, my, my saying, if you like, is, you know, show me, t- show me 10 Instagram influencers with 500,000 followers and I'll show you 10 people who are skint. And, uh, you know, and, and I think that, you know, ignoring all the mental health issues that, let's say, are, are vogue and, sur- and surround things like Instagram, uh, you know, pe- people are really, are really missing how, how difficult it is and, and how, how much business and, you know, the normal rules of commerce actually apply in this space. So that was a very long intro, yeah. but... Uh, um, I, think, I think you're certainly right. Um, I think the main problem with um, the issues surrounding reality stars coming off a show for example like love island and just automatically thinking that their instagram profile especially is their business is that as soon as you come off a show like that i don't know if um quite a few people from this year had management before but as soon as you come off that's hammered down that 
you will make money, you will make money, you will make money, we'll make you money regardless. So there's not so much focus on And, and, who, and who is hammering that down to you? That, 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 would, that, that's, the, that's the management. I would say, yeah, because everyone's in a dogfight to actually get the people that come off a show like Love Island. So, so they're think, telling you what you want to hear. They're telling you what you want to hear. So um, I think at the time it just sounds a lot sweeter than having to go the long route of applying the rules of business and actually building something long term. And also you've got people that don't want to build something long term in terms of um, social media and just want to make as much money as they can and go back to their normal life. So I th- I, I just, uh, just to contextualise this, this for people watching, how, in, um, how many followers on Instagram did you have when you, when you went into, uh, into Love Island? Um, one and a half thousand. Okay. Yeah, one and a half thousand when I went uh, what, what, Just for people who don't know, what, I mean, what, what's your, what was your background? What, what was your backstory? Okay, so um, I, was, I played rugby um, for my childhood team, but senior level, semi-pro. Um, and I was a chef on Level Lane at the time. And that's where I actually got scouted to go on the show. But um, yeah, I was, I was a rugby player and a chef. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, so you went onto the show. You went in there with fifteen hundred followers, and 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 you got about four hundred ninety-five, five hundred thousand, I think. Now. Yeah, yeah. Did did you because you were in the show for what 10, 10, 11 days? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And did you come out with that number when you finished, or has, has that been gradually growing? No. So um, that gradually grew um, as the show progressed because it wasn't nearly finished. We were in halfway through the first month when I left the show. So I think I came out on around one hundred eighty thousand. And it grew to um, what it is now okay. over that time. So yeah. So. And, and and what what pieces of advice had you been given around around social? I mean, obviously, you had you had a manager or a, a management team who, who were who were let's say looking to looking to try and get your paid posts and, 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 and endorsements and things. But but are you have you ever been specifically advised about how how to grow a grow an Instagram profile and how to engage with your audience? I don't think we've ever been specifically advised by. Um, Love Island or our managers how to grow an Instagram well I haven't either um, but I think we've been taught how to maintain it and stay in the limelight which I mean for some works for some that's not what they want um, what, what, what would you say your top two or three tips are for, are for someone in, in terms of how, how to how to maintain and how to stay there I think transparency is one thing that a lot of people lack on social media it's coming through more so now but um, I think yeah transparency is key um, just documenting. I think people just want to see what you're doing, no matter what you're doing. You could be in the shower for all they care, as long as you're documenting it. Um... I'm sure they'd like to see you in the shower. Huh? <laughs> I'm sure quite a lot of my female demographic <laughs> would. I'm, but... th- I'm thinking that's why you went from 180,000 to the 495 you got today. Gosh, um, yeah. So just just showing them your life and um, yeah, transparency. I would say that's it. So, so do you do you have a particular niche that you follow at the moment on on, on social media? Um, right now, I would say my niche is coming from the angle of someone who's come off of a show like Love Island and is not trying to go back to the life he had before, but trying to build upon that, as opposed to trying to create a whole new life that I'm not used to. Not... That, that's, that's your story, that's your journey. You know, yeah. you, you, you're, still, you're, you're still the Sharif you were you know, last month, last year. I would year, like to think so, yeah. 
I'd like to think so. So, and, and I think obviously we've talked about this a lot off camera over the last couple of days. Because for me, you know, the, the the biggest failing, and uh, and for me as well, it's not just the the naivety or, or, or let's say the arrogance of, of some of the reality stars for not doing it. You know, ultimately, you know, they probably don't know any better. Well, they certainly don't know any better, and they've been pushed by a management team who who, who have got completely self-serving interests. I.e., all they want to do is is hammer the shit out, hammer the shit out of them for six months, twelve months, eighteen months, yeah. knowing that the, you know that the reality is that ninety-nine percent of these people will will disappear disappear into oblivion yeah. in you know in a reasonably short space of time. Um, but the, but for me, the, the important part that is missing is is a real purpose for every one of these people. Because you know, yes, okay, you can be. You know, and I, I'm I'm no Love Island expert, but let's let's say Molly May. Yeah. You know, so so she comes out and she's got whatever you know, million followers. Okay, she's a hot girl and she can and she can whatever promote boohoo or you know or you know hold hold some makeup up there. But that ha- that has a lifespan. You know, yeah. whether whether that lifespan six months or two years or five years, you know, I think five years is completely extreme. Yeah. But you know, in in in, in today's world. People's interest level, you know, people's attention span is very short, and 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 the interest in a pretty girl for the fact that she's a pretty girl is going to wane pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, when 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 the next pretty girl comes out there, and for me, it's absolutely crucial that if that if you want to maintain and grow your audience, and then but more importantly, move on to other platforms and 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 you know hit other demographics, it's to it's to have a purpose that that you know that is your thing. I mean, obviously we, we talk about you know rugby, you know mm-hmm. that, that that's where you're from, but um, you know whether it's rugby, whether it you know f- f- photography, whether whether it's being a, I mean, and for me to be an influencer, you need to you need to. Own a, you know, own a space. You can't just be be an influencer showing makeup products and, do, and and doing a makeup tutorial because there'll always be someone who who's going to be better looking than you next week yeah. and, and and you know and a different product or whatever next week or a different show that, that, that's going to get more more people on there. And for me, this is where every everybody's missing it. You know, they're, they're just yeah, okay, they're, they're they're earning some good money for twelve months or so, but that that money then that just absolutely Depletes. falls off a cliff. Yeah, so. I think you're completely right in the lacking passion aspect, um, passion aspect for what they've been known to do. So, for example, if you were a personal trainer before, um, people kind of tend to skew off in a different direction and just do things that the industry want them to do, which isn't necessarily good for them in the long run. So, for example, me, I've gone back to rugby and I'm trying to go back to cooking and actually show people the reason why I got on the show in the first place. But I think that goes out of people's heads, whether that's management, family encouragement, or just the direction that they saw themselves heading in after the show. Um, Some people just go a bit too far with that and never return home. Um, But yeah, I just think it's the people around you as soon as you come off the show, that sets the initial direction that you head off in. So um, for example, the management that I had when I first came off, was very um, focused on keeping me in the limelight, having PR stunts and um, just kind of doing stuff to create this false celebrity sense. Um, But yeah, I think that's the case with a lot of people. And I think um, you need to be really headstrong coming off a show, especially like Love Island, when you have fans and you're thinking, should I appeal to the fans or should I appeal to my management or should I just try and make a load of money um, whilst I can? And for for me, the answer to that comes from the fact that you you have to realise that you that you aren't a celebrity, you aren't you aren't a reality star. 
what you are is a you know you're a business person exactly. you, you, you you're a brand owner you know brand sharif or brand molly may or you know who, 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 whoever whoever we're going to talk about and and I guess you know what. What are the core values of that brand, and and how how is it how is it going to going to grow out? And uh, I think it, it was so important that that people actually understand this and take it on board. You know, months months before, because you know, people like yourself are in a very very fortunate position that you're going to get that mass you know rapid exposure and go from a thousand followers to you know 180 yeah. from 180 to 500 100,000 you know that that is any entrepreneur's dream really um you know to, to you know to create that vast audience overnight um and 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 it's really a, tra- a tragedy if you like that that, that it then doesn't get it then doesn't get built upon and i'm monetized for the long long term and I th- again i think as well it's not just about doing something that's sexy or fun or whatever you know it, it's about ultimately you know making a sustainable in- income for the, for the long term and you know you, you you have an audience base that that likes you that buys into you and and, and really it's about understanding what they want and and, gi- and gi- giving them giving them the the content they, that they want you know selling them that the product they want which may not be the product that you want but certainly might not be the the, the product that the management team want but you know really saying look I've got 500,000 fans they're UK based they're 70% women you know that they're in this age range you know and i mean none of, none of this is rocket science it, it, it's, it's all the normal principles of business you know, that, that every other successful business owner owner is doing it every day and i guess for you know for me it's not the the fault of the reality stars it's the fact that you know they like i say they don't know any better and they get they get picked up by a by a management team who absolutely does not have their best interests at heart and they just want to smash them out doing some pas and I think, I think the main reason that people don't take the entrepreneurial route is because it's a pretty lonely walk for someone that comes off a reality show. Like, your management would have no interest because they're not getting a cut. Um, you're thinking about all the brand deals you could get just off the back of a show like that as opposed to investing your own time and your own money in yourself. So, I mean, for example, when I set up my clothing brand that had nothing to do with my management, I had to start from scratch, hire my own team to do the graphic designing, hire my own team to build my website and stuff like that. So I think certain people can think that they're skewing off in the wrong direction when in they don't have the advice to tell them that that is the right direction. They just have people trying to rinse them. And a lot of people don't realize that what they're doing to their own Instagram page or whatever social media that they have is actually diluting it. And you're becoming a billboard for other companies as opposed to building your own brand, as you said. Completely. Yeah. But, but as well, for, for me, um, I mean, yeah, I, com- I completely get you in, in that it, it's, um, it's, it's a lonely walk for you when, when you come out of these shows and that the, and that the management teams you know, don't, want to, you don't want to help you build a business because, you know, because where are they going to earn from it? Yeah. But, but as well, you know, they're playing too short term as well. For, you know, for, for me, and I'm ha- happy to throw my business idea out there now for anyone, anyone mm-hmm. watching to nick because I know they won't. Is for me that you know, that there's a business model to be had in terms of a, a management team, management agency who almost want to be you know, an incubator for these for, for, the, for these reality stars. You know, don't don't think about what they're going to what commission they're going to earn for the next six or twelve or eighteen months. You know, whilst they're getting you boo a boohoo range or or, or get, getting your face stuck on a t-shirt. 
church, but how, how they can actually take you and grow you and nurture you for 5, 10, 15 years. Because yes, they haven't, they haven't got a piece of your business now, but that's just because that's not how their model's set up. You know, rather than thinking what they can earn by, like you say, rinsing you for, for, rinsing you for the first 12 months, how can they actually partner with you and invest in you and 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 help you build your business and take and take a slice of that and and you get the best long term solution and they and that and they get a long term residual income does, does that make sense that does make a lot of sense um I think that just goes back to just the typical way that management in this industry operate they're just so short term and they only see okay cool, I can blow their profile and blow my profile really quickly i can make a lot of cash and i just think that appeals to them way more than having to think about the longevity and how they're going to execute this longevity for for their client so yeah i think i think i completely agree with what you're saying so 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 what's the future hold for sharif what what what, what ideas you what ideas you're working on and uh, and what, what what's what struggles have you found personally i think um at the moment let's start with what i'm working on um so i'm getting back into rugby uh i've spent like the last two months getting my fitness back up um, get, sorting out my hamstring injuries and playing games and whatnot. Um, I'm working on Sharif Lanry Academy, um, which is due to open Easter holidays. Um, and that's an academy really just for 12 to 18 year olds. And I can hire coaches to help them refine their skills, but it's more for me to actually give them my experience of how rugby helped me, how it helped build a community for me and how it helped um, me network with people I definitely wouldn't have networked with had I not had the opportunity to play with the boys I played with and um, get me the scholarships that I did. Um, and then aside from that, I think the struggles which I've really dealt with is when I came off the show, I kind of not wanted to go back to normality, but as I said before, build from the passion that I had before. And yeah, I don't know. I felt like, I feel like that to the outside world my management, um, even some of my family and friends, was just like, I wasn't utilizing all the benefits that could come from sh immediately after the show. So um, I think that they thought that I was shutting myself out from people or, or I didn't like certain people, where more it was just, I didn't want to play into the whole being a celebrity. I actually wanted to build something that I could look back in five years and say, okay, I took um, the hard route, but the worth, the worth it route. And, and tell me, for, for, the, for the business that you're working on now, how, how much has the, has, the prof, has the profile and the follower base that you've created really helping what, what, what you're trying to do now? You know, and, and I guess I'm asking to contextualise a question. You know, for the people that are watching this thinking that, oh, you know, well, Sharif's got it easy now. He wants to set up a rugby academy and he's got all, the, all this fan base, fan base from Love Island. I mean, my belief is you're going to tell us that's not, it wasn't a magic trick and, and, and really you've still got the same struggles that every other entrepreneur's got. But you know, tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 100%. Um... I would say that you could have the largest following that you want, but if you don't understand them, you're not going to be able to monetize it, as you said. Um, so yeah, right now, I think I'm in the stage of actually nailing down on how much of my audience, because most of my demographics are girls. So um, in that sense, I'm not saying that girls don't play rugby, but for the academy that I'm running, um, I'd... I don't think it will be unisex. So I need to understand my demographic in the sense of who wants to actually be involved in, in rugby, who wants to play rugby to a higher level and who's just following me, I don't know, because it's entertaining or whatnot. So um, yeah, it's really like understanding your followers, interacting with your followers. And I don't think that's um, the focus of many people's game plan.
So yeah. And obviously, what what I obviously I've said earlier that you know I've been really impressed with how how, how down to earth you are and how much how much you really get it. But again, what I really really like as well is the fact that you that you're so you're so ready to learn and, and ready to absorb me. And you're the sheer fact that you know we're here together together at this conference. Yeah. And uh, you know you 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 accept that you you need to learn learn the same the same skills and the same basics you know that other people do. I and mean, I, I told you at lunch yesterday that um, that when when we had a few spaces left on this conference, you know I put it out to a, to a couple of management teams out there saying look if you've got some reality star clients some celebrity clients who, who are going to benefit from two days of immersive business coaching and, and focus on the brand and learn new skills you know p- please please send them along to which they turn around and say well, my clients get paid to attend stuff like that why would they go and I'm thinking yeah, what fucking planet are you on seriously and and I think for me it's two things. One is the clients themselves won't even won't even have been made made the offer. Yeah. It's, it's, it's simply the management team saying, "Well, I'm, you're not you're not paying the client, therefore I'm not getting paid. So why am I, why am I going to, going to put it to them?" But um, I, I would also imagine that, that that many of the clients, should they have the discussion with the management team, do genuinely believe that they're above it, you know, until the point that it becomes too late. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think on that that was even the case with me. Not going to name names, but my initial management were a prime example of what you just said. So um, after I actually left, I found out that they'd been making ludicrous offers to um, certain clients and just like having them just kind of pull away from our management team altogether and me as an influencer. So uh, some of the offers which, um, I don't know, for example, a conference we're offering and they'd say, well, you need to pay him X amount, but I would have gone to that and they never even had that discussion with me. So I think that is the problem. When you're so reliant on management to make all your decisions and you give them that free will to just make decisions on your behalf, a lot of it isn't actually run through you. So you have no um, autonomy over what you're doing. So completely, yeah, it's a problem. And 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 for me, that's whether it's celebrities, whether it's people in business. I think you know, the big, the biggest mistake people make is looking to monetize every single individual opportunity. And you know, and and I'm I'm always the first to say because a lot of the time, you know, I'll I'll be doing things, and you know, my peers or, or friends or people that know me will say, "Oh, what are you getting paid for that?" or uh, "How much have you earned for that?" And the answer the answer is nothing. Mm-hmm. But but my strategy very much is. I will 80% of what I do, I do for free. Maybe more than 80%, yeah, but the other 20% I get fucking well paid for. Yeah. But without the 80%, you know, there, there isn't the other twenty percent, and, and and you've got to you've got to keep your mind your mind and your attitude open for for, for absorbing new learning, for making meeting new contacts, and and for, and for for actually them being in the right place at the right time to get to get those opportunities that you can make the big bucks from. But if you go out there looking to take a clip and you know, and, and earn a fee on every individual thing you do, then uh, then, then you're going to limit yourself for so many opportunities. Yeah, I think this conversation is just making me think that the whole industry especially management needs to go right back to the drawing board because right now they're op- operating on principles which i think are a bit outdated for example monetize every single opportunity when now we're moving to a stage where people are realizing that it doesn't last forever so maybe you need to change the way that, um you're dealing with these these influences management wise so well maybe the takeaway from this is you and i are going to go and set, set, set up a management team for uh, for, for, for struggling reality let's stars. do it let's do it <laughs>
Yeah. Um, well, listen, thanks a lot for being here, buddy. It's cheers. been, it's been, been fan, fantastic to talk nice to you. And, and like I said, you know, I, I really wanted to give you guys at home a, 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 a an honest account of of that, um, you know, being a celebrity, being a reality star is, is, is not a magic trick. It's not the be all and end all. And, and it certainly isn't a, a quick fire route to success. It can be. It can assist your, your speed of success if uh, if the right plan is followed. But there, are, you know, there are the rules of business and the rules of life that need to be added added to celebrity and, and, and reality TV stars as well. So, uh, hope you guys found that useful. I hope it, uh, you know, uh, hope it uh, gives gives you the confidence that uh, that um, that you know these guys haven't got it all, and that you guys can go and do it yourself at home as well. So, Sharif, thanks a lot for being here, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank Cheers. you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Matt Haycock Show. For more Matt, check out his YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Matt Haycox. Or go stalk him on Instagram and Twitter, the Matt Haycox. And we'll see you soon.